AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldis.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. The Altus podcast is brought to you by Altus International, supplying expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs. You're listening to our ServiceNow series where innovators of the industry share their story, advice, and views on the exciting world of ServiceNow. My name is Mark Kelly, Chief Customer Officer at Altus International. In today's show, I'd like to welcome Emil D. Atanasov. Emil is the VP of Internationalization at ServiceNow. Welcome to the show, Emil. Thanks for having me, Mark. Emil, before we get straight into the kind of topics of ServiceNow and your role, can you tell me a little bit about your journey to now? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so my journey actually started in, in the internationalization slash software space about 15 years ago. Uh, I actually took a, probably the route that many of us have taken. It wasn't by design and it just happened. Uh, I actually studied history, which probably is like, why exactly history and then going into engineering and then going into software internationalization. Um, I started for a, a company actually in Wisconsin, which was a language service provider that dealt with a lot of the uh, large software enterprises and how you actually took that product to global markets. Uh, the nitty gritty of it, the actual process was down to, from task management and went on to project management. Uh, from there, I spent about uh, Two years in the U.S. with the company, went on to move to Ireland, actually, uh, for about two years. Uh, seven and a bit years in Singapore, then took another job for a little bit and uh, back to Ireland for another three. So the journey wasn't by education, but it was more by interest and just um, spending time and learning about the importance of enterprise software and the user experience there. And you kind of developed a, a growth mindset. It's something that it's, you've taken throughout your career. Absolutely. It's it's one of the most important uh, things, not just in our specific field, but I think in our personal development. You know, the, the reality is that we all come with a subset of knowledge, which we believe is the right thing that, that we are doing. We also have good intents. Uh, but it's very important for us to listen. It's also very important for us to keep an open mind and to develop ourselves. So when I talk about growth mindset, there's many things that, that are many tools available to us out there to truly have a global growth mindset. But I bring it also down to a very simple, simple level. Listen to understand, listen to you know, learn more. We, we have a failure mode, which I try to have a lot less of, where we're always just listening to solve. In some cases, we just need to be open-minded, listen to understand, then listen to redefine. It's important so you take people on that growth journey together, even if you have already reached the conclusion of what you think the outcome of a specific task would be. Yeah, I really enjoyed Carl Dweck's uh, book, Growth Mindset, and her TED Talk is actually very, very good as well, where she kind of summarizes what she learned between fixed and growth uh, mindsets over the years. I had the pleasure to actually meet her. Our uh, exercises at uh, ServiceNow, and she did uh, several 
Um, she spent a couple hours with us explaining. Uh, so it, it was great. It, it's one of my favorite. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. And tell us what, what attracted you to joining ServiceNow? At the time, uh, ServiceNow was probably a bit less, less known than now. It was solving real-world problems. Uh, that's, that's one of the pieces that I truly enjoyed. So we're here dealing with this enterprise-level software. We are truly making a difference. And when you think about a journey that people in the localization slash internationalization industry take, um, we, there's a lot of jobs out there that are, for example, related to user experience in relation to different applications or different consumer-level goods. But here we are truly solving how to bring an enterprise level product globally. It was just the perfect platform. ServiceNow did not have that um, muscle established to the point where it was matching the rest of the other um, operational and also development pieces. So it was a challenge, but also it was a company that that I truly uh, connected with. Uh, Even in my first conversations and first questions of, hey, what about this? And it was like, you know what, we are a developer company, we will develop this or we'll be able to um, to pursue this specific interest. So um, absolutely, I think it was the, the right time. It was also the right role. But the company, the core value, the purpose of that company um, w- was huge to me. We also, uh, since then and, and continue to have, a very strong narrative in relation to uh, diversity, inclusion, and belonging. And I I felt that's important. Uh, I still feel it's very important and truly defines who we are. Last but not least, it's an action company. Performance is important. We have to keep on moving. uh, And we are somewhat intellectually honest about, hey, this works, so let's improve it. This doesn't work. Let's actually stop it. So um, yeah, that was the part I enjoyed. Tell us a little bit about the VP of internationalization. So for people don't know necessarily know, what does that role entail? Uh, so so it's it's a you have to wear a few hats for that role, but um, how do you actually take a product that has been created in English, as most products do? How do you build a system that enables our, your developers to write better product, to write better code, to create better product? and to take that globally. So you have the piece of, let's figure out if we are compliant with those um, standards, uh, international standards. So we address things like, let's flag hard-coded shrinks so then we don't introduce mixed language experience. We address the user experience in other than English, the translations being correct. There's a second piece, which is the actual localization of the product. So ServiceNow is supported into 22 languages, so with English 23. We take our products, including the core platform plus the applications, and we essentially make them usable across a number of geos and number of languages. So not only we work with the developers, not only we make sure that they have the tools and they understand how to build a product that is um, globally available. But we also then take that product, we localize it into those markets. Uh, we provide a number of quality assurance pieces, functionality testings, and others. Um, and last, last but not least, we also support other parts of the business. So if our friends in compliance need to localize a specific document, or if somebody in legal needs to do um, 
you know, localization effort of a contract, et cetera. That's also ad hoc pieces that we support. So true east to west, uh, east to west enterprise. Uh, and most importantly, traditionally, people think of localization as marketing related. Uh, we are also working on marketing, but our core deliverable is the actual product and product documentation plus the ad hoc pieces. Thanks for listening to this episode of the All This Podcast. Rate, review, and leave comments. Check out our website, www.allthis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Podcasts are also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Whether you're looking to scale your team, if you're interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today, or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view our open positions, www.allthis.com. Now back to the show. Emil, how has how has localization evolved? Because what people may think it involves is probably quite different to the reality for maybe spelling errors to now creating fantastic user experience. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Absolutely. I think that's that's one of the, the evolutions that, that we are still going through. Uh, historically, the localization industry 15 years ago looked at I'm going to take this content, I'm going to translate it, I'm going to put a quality process in place, and that quality process is going to capture mistranslations, spelling errors, punctuations, um, and then it was cost-driven. So we basically said, we have X budget, this is the cost of a word, this is the outcome you're going to get at the end of the year. So almost as a commodity, if you, if you want to think it in, in that sense. However, it's been evolving. Uh, when you actually just look at spelling errors and when you purely look at those features like that's that's called scorecard actually in the industry um that doesn't give you feedback of what the customer is doing it's also very subjective because a some a reviewer would be flagging those issues we are now moving more towards user experience can i complete a task can i get to the next screen can i understand what uh, what I'm asked to do if I don't speak English and if I'm using the platform, let's say in French. Other pieces that are also evolving is we're introducing some cool technology. So if there's a lesser content, a content that either updates more regularly or a content that doesn't have to be perfect uh, in terms of readability and understanding, we are starting to use some cool technology, machine translation. We are also starting to use AI to actually even factor of what machine translation you can use and what has to go uh, for post-editing. Um, and I think in all reality, Mark, the biggest change has been companies are now starting to see internationalization as a must-have because if you want to be part of the conversations with the big global companies, you must be available in multiple languages. You must be as usable in, in Japanese as you're in English. All the components, we're talking across the board here, we're talking machine translation, we're talking natural language understanding, we're talking AI. That has to be a holistic approach that enables a big global enterprise company to have the confidence that this would work across all geos and all locales. So that, that actually ties nicely for my next question. So you know, creating a truly global product there's obviously some factors to consider, you know, globalization readiness, why it's important. There's the challenges and complexity of supporting 22 languages. 
talk me through a little bit more detail what what's that like and then i'd probably ask in addition the trends that you're seeing so to create a truly global global product it starts with the development teams it starts with adding i nine compliance internet organization compliance as part of your definition of done um, and then you have to create tools that enable those developers to fulfill that. Um, you know, we have a number of scanners, we have a number of other processes there that actually allow us to do this. But I always like to use this example. If you, if you actually think about developing a product and not having it um, yeah, globally ready, you're going to introduce things like high-coded shrinks, you're going to introduce potentially time-day format, multi-currency issues, we're going to, and, and a whole bunch of other pieces that, A, would not allow the translators to do their job well, so the translation is going to be poor, which then leads to a horrible user experience. But the worst part, when I see a product that is half translated and half not, that in the mixed language experience, that to me is is painful because you're making some efforts, but in reality, the efforts are just there to show that A, they're not sufficient, B, they're making the user experience even worse because the user doesn't know why is this screen translated? Why is this not? What can we do here? So it just creates a very negative perception. You know, the customer satisfaction score would drop. And, and, and the reality is it makes renewals for some of those geos a lot harder. And it also makes um, expanding vertically within that article a lot, uh, a lot more complicated. Now, challenges and complexities. It's a very hard one to answer because it's hard to find the balance between overcomplicating the answer and under, uh, underrepresenting the efforts going there. But when you think about all the challenges you have in developing one language and just going uh, live with, with your product, you have to multiply that. X number of times based on the languages you support. Some of the challenges are content related, meaning like, hey, this sentence in English is not great. Translators didn't understand what exactly it means. The translation is poor. There's also challenges that it takes time. So um, at what point are you going to be live with all the additional languages you support? Generally speaking, service now for us, that is at um, general availability. That gives us the extra time to actually translate the, the huge number of, of uh, labels and all other content that we actually support. A few other challenges. Quality. As much as I mentioned that we are moving to the user experience, we are still getting feedback in some cases where it says, mm, this translation, it could have been better, or I wouldn't use this term. And again, it's so personal, it's so subjective, but you also want to have a mechanism to capture that mechanism to apply some of those changes through patching. And most importantly, you have to have actionable items so the customer truly feels that when they have submitted that feedback, it's something you listen to and something you act on. Number of other challenges, but I think the most important thing here to, to remember for, for anyone that is either starting their journey or has started it is get early in the process. So shift left as, as much as you can, work with those developers, train them. Uh, they're not making errors on purpose. It's most likely because they're so excited about the cool stuff they're developing that they have not considered um, I-18 internationalization readiness. And the second piece to consider is in relation to why is it important? Well, if you don't support it, 
you're not going to be able to expand across the geos and you're not going to be a true global platform. In terms of the trends, three trends that I'm seeing uh, a lot more of over the last two years. Language support is moving away from that nice to have piece that might have been a checkbox somewhere from procurement. It's now moving into part of the real conversation and it's moving part in the day to day deployment conversation. And there's two pieces that I'm seeing there. One piece is out of the box. So what you get out of the box when you actually buy a product. And the second piece is localization of self-generated content. So think about it in a way you buy a platform. When you buy the platform, the reality is that you want to use that platform to also manage your own content, your own workflows, your own portals. These are pieces that you as a client and, and you know the users that will be consuming that, they are creating that content. It could be for our HR solution where you have different legislation across the different uh, global locations. So we as a platform, we need to think about how do we enable global deployments and how do we enable the customer to localize that customer generated content, which I know sounds trivial, but at the end of the day, it's a very complex piece because it has to be intuitive. It has to be consumer great. It has to be done through connectors with the current translation management systems that the, the client has. It has to be done. There, there has to be a certain know-how there. A lot of the big companies do have internationalization, globalization departments. So, so the handshake is, is probably a bit easier because they're uh, highly capable professionals. They know exactly what they're looking to do and how to do it. Uh, and it's all about creating materials for them. But our ultimate goal is for that customer self-localized content. We want that experience to be um, also almost consumer grade. It has to be intuitive. It has to be easy. It has to be something that you know, it's, it doesn't require a constant uh, deployment or a constant uh, attention, but it has to be something that once piloted and there are efforts up front and once life, the maintenance part of that is somewhat intuitive. So that's one trend that, that we're seeing. It's out of the box is not enough. You need to now support the customers that are on that journey to be a global company and provide global um, user experience. The second thing is actually a very interesting one for me and near and dear to my heart. I mentioned diversity, inclusion, and belonging, which is one of the core governing principles at ServiceNow. And I firmly believe that language and enabling other languages is one of the most inclusive things that you can do. And it's not just me that believes that because we are seeing a lot of conversations in relation to that. Some of the conversations are business driven. People want to see their employees in a different locale have the same uh, level of support and have the same level of productivity within in this digital transformation as the English speaking employees would have. But some are because companies truly care. And when companies do implement those platforms, there is a very important decision making process happening now where we're saying, I want to make this as available to everyone. And I want to make sure that everybody feels good about working here and that we care. So if my, I don't know, Korean speaking employees don't understand why I'm sending that message or don't understand why that function is there, that's a problem. That's a problem we need to address. So um, language, 
very inclusive tool uh, and and i want to you know challenge everyone please use it uh, it's it's not just you that is thinking about it it's every uh, every other global company doing so third and last trend i'm seeing is actually inclusive language uh, we have went through some efforts at ServiceNow to remove specific labels and specific terms that we are seeing as problematic and they don't reflect who we are as a company. So we're seeing that change globally and we're seeing globalization and internationalization, which is the part of the company that deals with words and content playing a very central role in this because we are the ones that can go and retrieve that uh, specific content. We're also the ones to propagate it across all the languages we support. So lots of good changes, lots of uh, momentum in the industry. Um, and I think those are probably the top three trends outside of the earlier things that I mentioned in relation to NOU, uh, machine translation and AI. And, um, AI. Emil, thank you very much for that comprehensive answer. It was really good. And, you know, when you think about all the different factors that need to be taken into consideration to create that intuitive process, it it is comprehensive. And it's it's really nice to see how customer-centric ServiceNow is in terms of its approach and how seriously it takes it as well. And I think the future trends, it's it's very, very exciting for the customer and from that global perspective as, as well. You've been listening to the Aldis podcast or ServiceNow series. My name is Mark Kelly, Chief Customer Officer at Aldis International. In today's podcast, I've been speaking with Emil D. Atanasov, VP of Internationalization of ServiceNow. Emil, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much, Mark. AI in Action is brought to you by Aldus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aldus offer an exec search program. Aldus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aldus advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all us members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldus member and get the Aldus advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldus.com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.